Hey, if you're listening to this, then that must mean you're interested in our podcast. My name is Alex Wooten. I am the Associate Minister at the Lilies Chapel Church of Christ, and we just want to say thank you. Thank you for taking time out of your busy life to listen to a few things said by a couple of guys who know a little bit. We love you, and we hope you enjoy this podcast on the trials and temptations, the differences of, and how we can uh, take them head on. Good morning, Facebook. My name is Alex Wooten. I'm Kenny Shaver. And we're the ministers at the Lilies Chapel Church of Christ here in Jenkins, Texas. Uh, welcome to our podcast, to those who are listening and those who are watching this morning. We're grateful to have you. Uh, we have an interesting topic today, Kenny. Uh, yes, it's, it's, uh, uh, it's about being tested or being tempted. That's the same thing, right? Well... A test uh, is, from a biblical perspective, is something God wants you to pass. Okay. But it may be tough. A temptation is normally viewed as negative because it leads us to sin. Lead us not into temptation. Ah, okay. Okay. That makes sense. Um and I did know that for those of you out there who were doubting my abilities. I did know that, but I wanted to segue properly. Um, in reading for this, you know, I, I came across a bunch of different things, but uh, I really liked uh, the first test, I think, that man was given. Uh, you said this morning, and it kind of hit me, and I was like, oh, I didn't think of that one. Uh, Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve in the garden. Uh, they were They were given the reign of the garden and said... Don't do this. That's it. Only one thing. Don't eat these trees. Don't eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Everything else they could eat from. So that was their test to see if they would be obedient to God. Which, and then Satan comes along. Well, and you, you got to think, because we don't know how long they were in the garden. Exactly. They uh, could have been there. Millennials. Uh, yes. But we don't know. We don't know. Uh, based on what I've read, I feel like they've had children there. I believe so. Uh, I don't think Cain and Abel were there first. I think they were the first children after the after curse. The okay. Where she had, uh, from that point on, she had pain in childbearing. That was part of the curse. Why would that be a curse if she hadn't already experienced giving birth to children without the pain? Uh, that that takes it even further than my brain went. And I like that because that makes a lot of sense. You know, how is, okay, childbirth's going to be different. I didn't know it was different. You didn't have to tell me that. Um, okay. And we'll buy that, though. They, they were given this one rule, this one thing. Don't touch. Don't eat this tree. And they did okay with that. I, I think they did. I think they did for a long Well, it, it's... I, I, I put, view it the same way uh, in my past. I, I see something that is enticing. Okay. And I know it's wrong. And I stay away from it. 
but the enticement stays there. And I, the longer I allow that enticement to draw me, the more I, the, the greater the enticement becomes. Until eventually I have given in and I was tempted by that and to the point that I gave in and then sinned. You chose a, the temptation. I chose the temptation. It was a process. Okay. It, it just didn't happen the first time. Say, oh, and then I jump right in because my parents had instilled within me a moral code that there are certain things you do and you don't do based on what scripture says. But even, you know, I mean, you, you put a sign on the wall that says, don't touch wet paint. What's your inclination? You've got to touch it. Do you do it the first time? Do you just go? No. But no. It, you, yeah. The it, more you walk by it, though, you want to check to see if it's dry. Because you've seen it there several times. And you know, Could it still be wet? It's not wet. And, <laughs> and it's, it's, you know, that's very, that makes I feel that when Satan came into the garden, or he had always been, I don't know. We don't know how that works. Right. Uh, but when Satan approached Eve, it makes it a little easier for me to understand maybe why she was only told one line before she was like, okay. Yeah. Um, which makes sense if it had been there the whole time. Right. Just sort of watching. Uh, I remember as a child... Uh, when I was really little, we only had like four channels on TV. Uh, <clears throat> we had Channel 3, which was ABC. Channel 6, which was NBC. Channel 12, which was... Um, CBS. CBS. And then Channel 33, which was Fox. I would wake up on Saturday mornings and Mom would tell me I could turn the TV on, but I could only watch Channel 3. Because it was Bugs Bunny and things like that. Right. And, and I did it. But all I had to do, I could press the three twice, <laughs> and I could watch Attack of the Killer Tomatoes or Ninja Turtles or stuff like that. Um, and I don't know how long I did it without pressing the extra three, right? But eventually I did, and it's because it was right there, right? I think had the tree been placed on top of a mountain way far away where they could only see it, right. not get to it. Or even not even see it, really. If it had been put aside, you know, there's mm -hmm. a tree. Don't There's a tree somewhere. But don't eat off of it. You're yeah. good. I, You know, I think she would have looked at the snake and been like, A, why is the snake talking to me? B, I'm good. Yeah. But I think you're right. I think it had been sitting there mm -hmm. just kind of watching. So the, the tree actually is neutral. Okay. It, it's not either good nor bad. It's neutral. And as long as Adam and Eve obeyed God and didn't touch and didn't eat from it, they passed the test and they would continue okay. in a relationship with God. Okay. But once they succumbed to the uh, temptation that Satan put before them, they gave in, they ate, they sinned, they brought sin into the world, and they fell out of a relationship with God. So it was their choice and their actions toward this 
neutral uh, environment. Uh, and you could, I, I like how you're putting that, but you could almost say that uh, failing the trial led to temptation being overtaken, or led to the temptation overtaking. Right. God's not putting temptation in front of us. No, no. Because God, see, the, uh, when God tests, and Scripture tells a lot about God testing. And, Correct. And in fact, the psalmist says, test me, Lord, and try me. Examine my heart and my mind. So the psalmist is asking God to test him. When God tests, he wants us to succeed. And knowing that if we pass the test, we grow stronger spiritually and closer to him. Satan, on the other hand, wants to use that maybe same situation and wants us to reject God's way and walk on his path. And so that is temptation. Satan intends for us to do evil. God intends for us to do good. The test is helps us grow. The temptation destroys us. Okay. So, well, and that would make sense, or that does make sense in if we look at the book of James, uh, when he's stating, consider it pure joy when we face trials and tribulations. Right. Because it, it's like an algebra problem. X plus B equals... I know I messed that up, but... Uh, <laughs> a plus B equals C. Yeah. So, trials, tribulations leads to good... Faith. Yeah. Uh, but when you mess those up, you, you fall you fall back. Yeah, in fact, there, there, there's a progression there in, in James um, that is very specific. Um, it's in James chapter 1, verse, begins verse 2. Consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance and let endurance have its perfect result that you may be perfect and complete lacking in nothing but if any of you lacks wisdom let him ask of God who gives it all men generously and without reproach and it will be given him but let him ask in faith and then he goes on down here uh, let's see in verse uh, 12, blesses the man who perseveres under trial, for once he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted by evil, and he himself does not tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he is carried away and enticed by his own lust, and the word lust is just a desire. Just a lust of... Just a desire. Okay. Something that, that's pleasing in some way or other. Then when lust has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And when sin is accomplished, it brings forth death. So it, it's a progression from being enticed to sin. It's not you're enticed and then that's sin. Okay. Because Jesus was enticed uh, in, a, after 40 days in, yeah. in the wilderness. 
He was enticed to turn stones into bread. He was enticed to cast himself off the pinnacle of the temple. He was enticed to bow down and worship Satan. But he didn't sin. Okay. Uh, let's go back a little bit. Uh, I feel like we have two great examples of really how to face trials and how to fail at them. Okay. Um, Joseph, I feel, other than Job, Joseph met trials of astronomical proportions mm-hmm. and according to scripture succeeded in facing those trials. Right. Even at the end of his life, when he, looking back on it, he told his brothers, he said, you meant it for my harm, but everything that happened, God meant it for my good. Yes. So, tell, tell us more about Joseph. Well, Joseph, right off the bat, he, he was the oddball because he had these dreams. Mm-hmm. And that made him the favorite. I, I, he might have been the favorite before the dreams. I don't know. And so we got this fancy coat, which is really interesting because the coat he wore, if you think about it, probably wouldn't have been good after the, the Moses' law came down because it was two different colors and possibly <laughs> fabrics. But that's neither here nor there. Um, so his brothers want to kill him, but, you know, he's saved. Right. But sent into slavery. He's okay. He makes it out. He could have sinned right then. Then he goes and he and he he's got a nice job, right? Doing his thing. And the wife is all like, "Hey, I like you. You should do what I tell you to do." Cause you're a slave. I'm the wife of your master. But he doesn't. He chooses not to. And he gets lied about. Mm-hmm. And framed. And thrown in the jail, uh-huh. or the dungeon, or however they did it back then. While he's there, two guys, the wine pourer and the bread maker, the baker, both had the same similar dream where these bad things are happening, and he explains it to them. You're going to die, sorry. You'll be okay. You'll be restored. Well, both those things come to pass, and he's forgotten about. For two years. After being told, oh, I'll do whatever I can to get you out, he's promptly forgotten about. Mm-hmm. Until something else happens. And then it's like a light bulb. Hey, hey, I heard about... I remember... Let me... I got you, Pharaoh. And he goes and he gets him and he brings him out. And he's restored from slave to second in command of Egypt. Pretty powerful position. You can see how he goes from a simple Israelite to a slave... But because he continues to trust God, right, he keeps going up in stature. He has all of these tests along the way, but he never turns his back on God. He just remains faithful to God. Because, I mean, he goes from slave to servant to prisoner to practically royal. To put into a position where he was able to save his people. But then you have the polar opposite of that. Who's that? That's David. Oh, the man after God's own heart. Man after God's own heart, which (laughs) I want to ask God about that when I get up there. That's one of those things. David 
is faced with a situation, faced with tons of situations. Right. But the one we most talk about when discussing lusts and sinning and temptation and, and trials, David goes up on the roof at the time of bathing, at the time of war when he shouldn't have really been in the city to begin with, but that's right. a whole different lesson. And while he's up there, he sees Bathsheba bathing on her roof. Uh, for those of you who don't know, that was just... That's where you bathed. That's the time of day you bathed. It wasn't unusual for her to be out there. And he could have done a, a, any number of things. He could have been like, oh, no, got to go back inside. He could have been like, oh, she's beautiful, got to go back inside. He could have been like, I'm going to take a nap. But instead, he watched her and sent for her. And that led... That led to the sin of adultery. That led to drunkenness, really. Because he calls Uriah home and gets him drunk so that he can try to make him go sleep with his wife. Because there's a baby. And then murder. Yeah, conspiracy to commit murder. And then the loss of the child. Right. A whole bunch of bad things. Because of one moment. One, giving in to temptation. He was faced with a trial or a test. And that might not have been a God test. It might have just been a daily routine test. I think those happen all the time as well as God right. trying to strengthen us. Uh, and he chose poorly. Yeah. Some of the tests that come our way, like you say, I believe some of them are easier to deal with, but some of them are extremely difficult to mm-hmm. deal with. And the thing that gives me comfort is uh, in First uh, Corinthians ten, uh, verse thirteen, where Paul writes, "No temptation." has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. There's a a key phrase in there that Uh we forget a lot of the times uh, when we read that scripture, and that's God will provide a way out, Mm -hmm. but we have to be looking for it. Exactly. Yeah, that's the point. Uh, We have to look for that way out. It's there. But sometimes when those tests from God are so intense, we don't think we can endure. Correct. And we give up. Uh, Let's see. Oh, in Proverbs 17, verse 3, the crucible for silver... And the furnace for gold, but the Lord tests the heart. In purifying silver and gold, you have to get it to an intense heat. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, really high temperature so that it burns up the impurities. Okay. I think that picture that's there in Proverbs is that sometimes the tests we face in life turn up the heat on us 
to burn out the impurities so that we become pure like the silver and gold after the refining process. Okay. And sometimes it's really hard to endure through that process. Sometimes we don't. Sometimes we don't. We don't... We think less of ourselves than God thinks of us. Absolutely. So we give in before we've reached the limit that God says, I'm not going to let you go beyond this point. We give in back here while God says, you can go all the way to here. And that point from where we give up to where God knows we can go, that's that way out that we need to look for so that we can endure. You know, it's interesting when we think about enduring trials and temptation, 90% of the time, I don't think we know we're going through them. I think you're right. Uh, we, we treat it as though it's, it's just a part of life. And, and it is just a part of life. Uh, brought on, unfortunately, by the sin. It's exacerbated. Mm -hmm. uh, But sometimes we know when we're being tested. We can, it, it, it clicks sometimes. Hold up. You know, you can kind of see everything. I, I, did you watch the, the, the Da Vinci Code with Tom Hanks? Oh, yes. It's a good movie, fun movie, but the thing that always, it kind of made me laugh was, while I don't see symbols in the air and pieces, <laughs> things together like that, sometimes in my life, I'm sitting there trying to figure everything out. Why is this happening? What's going on? Oh. It's God. Yeah. It's me looking back on my life. Yes. Seeing those places where I went through trials and difficulties. Correct. And then I see how God has worked in my life to get me to where I am today. Yes. I didn't see that's what was going on at the point. You know, the first time I was fired as a youth minister, mm -hmm. that was not a, a, an enjoyable experience. Uh, thought about even getting out of ministry. Uh, but as I look back on it now, that was God moving me from one situation where the ministry had stalled mm -hmm. and he needed to put me in another place where the, my ministry would flourish with another church. It's really kind of funny talking about this and how this can kind of coincide with what was discussed last week. Um, and for those of you who listened to the podcast, you didn't get one last week because we had some technological difficulties, but there is a point where you were talking about when you raised your children uh, and they faced a problem and they failed at it, you would ask them, what did you learn? Right. Um, and through time, they started to acquire what we talked about, which was wisdom. And with that wisdom comes that ability to look back and make better decisions right. in the tests that we face. Right. And, and you know, I, I, I look at how Jesus dealt with uh, his temptations in the wilderness. Yes. The, the thing that gives me hope as I look at those uh, 
uh, is that, you know, Jesus being the son of God, he could have snapped his fingers and just defeated Satan. Oh, yeah. I mean, he wouldn't even have to snap his finger. He could have just thought it and it would have happened. But he doesn't. All three occasions that those specific temptations are given there, he defeats Satan with the exact same weapon that we have at our disposal. Mm -hmm. Every time, as soon as Satan tempts him, Jesus' immediate response is, it is written. Mm-hmm. And he's quoting from the book of Leviticus, the law. Mm-hmm. The more we immerse ourselves in scripture, the more we're equipped to recognize temptation when we're faced with it and have the tools to defeat it. Yes. So do I have to worry about temptations that come my way? I need to be wary. Yes. And I need to be uh, cautious knowing that Satan is strong and he is he is out there trying to get me. It's a spiritual war. So yes. It is. But I have an invincible source of power, the Word of God. Mm-hmm. So the more I can keep that in my heart and in, you know, in my life, then when those situations come, I'm ready. And Satan can't stand up to that. Well, and you can look at it in the aspect of putting this, the scriptures, to use in that way is Old Testament too because it talks about, and I I always get it confused on where it's at. It might be Deuteronomy. It might be uh, Leviticus where it talks about, you know, put the word on your heart. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Deuteronomy 6, I believe. I believe so. It, it's right around the, you know, children and obeying. And right. Teaching. But if you have it. it write it on your heart. Write it on your heart. Uh, on your foreheads. So that you're seeing On your doorposts. Yeah. Yeah. All around you. And if it's everywhere around you, you're in it. You're right. in the word. Um, which is really interesting because in the New Testament, we talked about this, that there weren't as many trial and tribulation times. Right. Or at least that are recorded. recorded. Uh, And the one you brought up, um, I didn't even think about when we were going over this. Uh, It's in Galatians. I can't remember where you said it was exactly. Galatians 2. Galatians 2. And it's the story of how, or the little blurb that Paul is talking about him running into Peter. Uh, Your scripture says Cephas. Yeah. And how Peter, who, I mean, he was Peter. Well, you know, and the one thing I get out of this is, you know, we we look at Peter as being the rock steady apostle of 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 Acts. Mm -hmm. Uh, Of course, (laughs) we know he went through a lot of stuff in the Gospels to get there. Yeah, but he was still considered a strong, powerful leader in the church in the first century. Correct. And if I get to thinking of myself, oh, I can handle Satan because I keep keeping the word, I better watch out. You know, pride goeth before fall. Correct. Peter has trouble. He does. And Paul 
gets in his face. The scripture says, When Cephas, Peter, came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face because he stood condemned. For prior to the coming of certain men from James, he used to eat with the Gentiles. And when they came, he began to withdraw and hold himself aloof, fearing the party of the circumcision. And the rest of the Jews joined him in hypocrisy, with the result that even Barnabas was carried away by their hypocrisy. But when I saw that they were not straightforward about the truth of the gospel, I said to Cephas in the presence of all, If you, being a Jew, live like a Gentile and not like the Jews, how is it that you compel the Gentiles to live like Jews? Before these Jewish Christians came from Jerusalem, from James, Mm -hmm. up to Antioch, Peter was going and eating a ham sandwich with his Gentile friends. And chasing it with lobster salad. I mean, I mean, he, he was... He was associating with them. He was uh, celebrating with them. He was worshiping with them. He was he was being just like they were. Well, and that came from his experience in Acts, yes. where he is basically in a dream told by God, "That's who you should be with right now. Right? They're okay. Don't call anything that I make unclean. Right? And so." It's such a poignant moment that it's Peter that this is happening to. Mm-hmm. So when these Jews who have become Christians come, he reverts back to his old ways of not wanting to associate with Gentiles. It's kind of like when you grew up and you were friends with one kid in school and y'all were best friends, but then you go to junior high and over the course of the summer... You become cooler because you started hanging around different kids. And when y'all get back in school, it was like, oh, you don't talk to me anymore. It's very much like that. Giving into peer pressure. It is. Yeah. Um, and, and that was his, his temptation or his trial was, how are you going to handle this? Right. You know what you're supposed to do. And he... He, he, he failed. He failed. But thankfully, he's got Paul right there to get in his face, mm-hmm. literally what the scripture says. Yes, uh, just, and get in there uh, and just sort of reminds him. Yes. You're better than this, Peter. You, you know what's going on, Peter. Just Yeah. And that, to me, is really, really great um, in that, that as a Christian, we we're called to teach and admonish one another, another in love yeah. right um because I've, I've i've heard people stay well he went down and he he just laid it on him and well i know he he kind of got on to him he did it in a way that it didn't push peter away right because think of how delicate that situation would have been yeah i mean but you know paul doesn't tiptoe around the situation. No. He confronts it head on. He doesn't pull punches, but he he lands them where they're supposed to land. Right. He's just reminding Peter of what Peter really knew. And this, I feel, those types of temptations and and trials that we have, um, what we run into often as ministers, at least 
as a youth minister, I would hear it all the time. Well, why does God do this? Why, why is this happening? Um, and we talked about how in James, we, what facing these trials can lead to. But, you know, according to the book of Job, God and, and Satan have a conversation going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and based on that, while Satan's allowed to tempt us in any way possible, it seems he, at least in certain aspects, has to get permission Um Satan could overwhelm us. Yeah. Because he is strong and he's powerful and we're weak. Exactly. So God has to help us out. So he has to put restrictions on Satan. Uh, That's why it said there in Corinthians, God will not allow us to be tempted beyond what we can bear. Mm Otherwise, we wouldn't have a chance to get saved. No. Yeah. But we have to be willing well, and that's, to follow God. That's kind of the thing. You know, Job went through that, and then at the end of the first period of it, his wife is just like, curse God, die. Yeah. Which would have been the easy way out. I'm just saying, if you look at what was going on in Job's life, all his children, all his oxen, all his everything was gone. Yeah. And he's left with a wife who's kind of a a jerk. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say it. She really was. Um, And and it would have been easy just to be like, I'm I'm good, whatever. I'm done. Uh, But he says, I'm going to maintain my integrity. I'm going to hold on to my integrity. Mm-hmm. All through the rest of the book. And again, we see kind of like what we saw with Joseph and continuing on to follow and to maintain that integrity. He was blessed. Right. Now, he does get a little peeved at God toward the end. Which we've discussed in previous podcasts that it's, it's okay to be angry. Right. David does it throughout the Psalms. Oh, yes. Uh because he's angry, but there's still reverence but, there. Right, and they don't turn their back on God. Exactly. Um, but what I'd like to know, and I think what our, our watchers and listeners would like to know, is how this affects us in our daily walk. It gives me confidence to know that God's on my side. Okay. He wants me to succeed. And therefore... He's put some boundaries that keep Satan from overwhelming me. I just have to have as much confidence in God's view of me that he has. Uh, And just trust, as I've seen in several different situations in some TV shows, you got to trust the process. Yes. Trust the process. Um, and I think that goes back to how we were talking about, you know, God's not going to give us more. Right. But even if it feels like he is, there's ways out. Right. So while he is tempting us or trialing us or giving us these tests, he's giving us ways out. Right. And 
through the wisdom of being in the Word and utilizing it, and, and that's how we start to see those exit signs. Right. Right. Um, well, going back to Abraham, uh, it says that God tested Abraham when he told him to take his son to mm-hmm. the top of the mountain and sacrifice him. That's not Abraham's first test. If you go back and look at the beginning of Abraham's walk with God. <laughs> Take he, everything and leave. Yeah. That was the first test. Pack up, leave your home, leave your family, not take your family with you, but leave your Leave your, your father home, and your home. Right. And go to a land. I will show you. He doesn't have any idea where it is. That's the first test. God gives him a series of tests all along the way. Some, he passes with flying colors some he kind of stumbles over the pharaoh right and he but he keeps on moving toward god and then god gives him the big test so all of the tests that we go through in our life are helping prepare us for what might be coming down the road so that we'll be strong enough to endure when that time comes and when God told Abraham to take his son his only son to the top of the mountain and sacrifice him Abraham does not hesitate he goes immediately to fulfill what God has told him to do he was ready for that test I think that's one of those things that it's incredible to see that strength, to see that that wisdom in facing that. Because he knew he left his home in Goshen. He left his home, left everything he knew and walk south. And that wasn't even the hardest test he had to do. No. I, he had seen God work. Right. He, he tested God. Uh, if there's 50, 50 righteous people in, in Sodom and Gomorrah, you'll, you'll still save them, right? If there's you know, right. 40, if there's 10. Right. God was always there. All along the way. I think that's how we can build up our strength in getting through the temptations and trials that we're facing today. Right. To know that God's not leaving us. And, and like you said, I hadn't really ever, I had not thought about it, but it's been a long time, the thought of God sees us and reveres us much higher than we revere ourselves. Yeah. To us... We're, we're worms, we're dirt, we're nothing because we can never achieve what he has and he sees his children. Right. Uh, that's something I think we tend to forget. Right, right. I've had a good time with this lesson and I've really enjoyed... It's been interesting. Uh, ...the ideas behind it. and uh, We just have to remember, God is on our side, wants us to succeed. Satan is against us and wants us to fail.
So whatever is before us, we ask ourselves, what road do I take? Which one will lead me closer to God? Which one will lead me away from God? Mm-hmm. And let's be strong enough to take the one that leads us closer to God. I agree. Would you like to dismiss us in prayer? Sure. Lord, we know that we are going to face all kinds of, of trials as we go through this life. Uh, some of them are big and hard, and some of them are just ordinary, everyday things. Uh, Father, let us face each of them with the question of what do you want us to do? And let us allow these tests to grow us stronger and closer to you. And Father, we know that you will be with us every step of the way to guide us and help us. And we also know that Satan is there along the way trying to trip us up and draw us away from you. As Jesus prayed, Father, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Mm-hmm. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Uh, feel free to like and subscribe and share this video to all of your friends and family. Uh, those on the podcast, uh, leave us messages, on comments, things like that. What you get from this lesson, uh, questions you have, we'd love to be able to answer them. We love you.